being here today and Sunday morning, his mercies and for the testimonies and the word that went forth already. We thank God today that we we can come to the house of God and we can look at the um, look at the wonderful scriptures, wonderful word of God. Um, uh, Sister Rosie used a scripture this morning. Um, where was it in fight? Uh, and the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but go back to verse 4, say they are um, mighty through God to the uh, pulling down of um, the uh, uh, girdle of truth. That means gird up your minds with the truth. See that, uh, like we've been hearing here, it's the truth that sets you free from all of that stuff. Don't don't look on the outside. You'll never find God on the outside, but it's on inside. Christ in you. See, there's something going on inside of you that um, that you need to listen to that inner voice of the Holy Spirit that um, that's speaking to you, and then you get to to have you're not like this. And you don't know what side you're on. When the church is going through a battle, you're confused. You don't. You have crossed eye. You know. You ever seen? Not mocking crossed eye, but have you ever seen somebody who and they look at them and they crossed eye? You don't know if they're looking at you or not, because their eyes go that way and that way. The same thing in church. You don't know if they're standing on the uh, who's on the Lord's side, because they're looking at that brother and uh, should I follow that brother or should I follow that sister? Uh, what should I do? And you're crossed eye and you're confused. See, but you have to be grounded, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And when you have that spirit about you and you're grounded and settled, nobody can move you. The devil cannot lie to you. Okay? We have truth. Because whatever is not truth is a lie. The opposite of truth is lie. But you have the truth and thy word is truth. Christ is the truth. Is the, is the word, and if you, I tell you that you stay in the word of God, and after a while, people will know, okay, there's a lot of people hungry for God, and they will know that you have the word of God, or you don't have the word of God, and uh, they, you can't be hid, they will, they will seek out for you, the ones that are hungry, okay, they will seek out for the word of God, you don't have to go advertise yourself, they will come, okay, they will, they will seek out for you, Especially as we we come close to the second advent of Jesus Christ. So here you are. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Here's a fine but And God keep adding quality people. And quality people. You know God can do it. Hmm? And you come in there. There's no strife. There's no gossip. There's no, um, there's no plotting against the pastor. And pastor is not nice. Pastor can go away. Look how lucky he comes back. There's no plotting. He does not have to be afraid. There's nothing organized against him. Okay? And look at the wonderful spirit. That's what the liberty God gave us. And we went and blessed. See but this church was going on a wrong path. And a few. Uh, uh, followed that path. To their own folly. See but God is good to us. And uh, God is giving us a blessing. And a rejoicing. And I thank God for this. You stay on the word of God. And nothing can move you. Okay. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So let me go on here a little bit more. It says, it said, but mighty through God 
to the pulling down of strongholds. You, you, you go and then uh, the, the Holy Ghost, the, the weapons that you have, come against all those thoughts, those imaginations. Eh? Casting down, look at that, pulling down, strongholds. Okay, and the next verse says, casting down, look at that, not just playing with it, you know, you know when you violently cast down something, huh? imagination, don't entertain those imaginations, you know why people leave church, why people backslide, they got an imagination, a thought, and they keep pondering on it, and they will not let it go, but you're supposed to cast it down, amen. Destroy, pulling down. Look at look at verse. I mean, verse four says the weapons that you have. It's dealing with the weapons. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of uh, strongholds and uh, casting down. Imagine Don't don't when that thought come in your mind to fight the church to oppose the church, cast it down. Not just lay it down, but violently pull it down. Get rid of that thought right away. Don't entertain that thought. Uh, you know when you cast something away, cast it down? Huh? You pick up something and you violently throw it down? That's what you do with your thoughts. That comes against the knowledge of God. Don't play with them. Don't sit around and entertain them. They'll destroy you. Imagination. Here's it. You, uh, uh, you sit there and you imagine things. Oh, I wonder if this church is going to last. I wonder if this pastor is telling us the truth. You know that? Somebody tell you something and you build up. And they build something inside of you. But you're supposed to pull it down. See, that's what you did. When men try to entertain and tell you this. And imagination. You pull them down. Right away. Otherwise the devil will have a castle in your mind. You will have a palace in your mind. See, you'll have a kingdom in your mind built up. But you cast it down. That's a problem. Once you begin to entertain those thoughts. That comes from the, you'll be in trouble. But you pull it down right now. Give no place to the devil. Right? You give no place to him. Uh, don't let the devil stay there for a minute. But you're casting down imagination. Ima oh, I wonder if, you know, that's imagination. Cast it down. Don't entertain it. Eh? Uh, um, uh, casting down it. And every high thing. Oh, anything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Okay. The knowledge of God. Alright. The word of God. But but here right now I'm standing uh, right here. But who's the knowledge of God right now? Me. I'm explaining it. But somebody sit out there and begin to. Oh no. Or after church. Begin to give you an opposing scripture. And say you know. That's not really right. I got another thought. That's. That is. Uh, I think. Against the knowledge of God. What you're learning. And he's trying to counter it. And to, um, and to destroy the assembly. No you can't fall for that. You have to grow up in him in all things. And be wise. And be sober. This church ought to be mature. Because look at the lessons that I give you. And for you to go out there. And let somebody with one phone call. Uh, destroy this. And pull it up. While you're the one that should pull down. Every imagination. And instead they're building something in your mind. Don't let nobody build uh, anything in your mind. Cast down imagination. Can you get that strong in the Lord? The scripture said be strong in the Lord and in the power 
of his mind, casting down imaginations. And uh, every, every, you know, there used to be a song, many songs about imagination. Don't fall for that. See, that's worldly song. Okay? Uh, you are my imagination, you are my spirit. No, no, no. Christ is. Okay? Christ is. That, that brother or that sister that's gossip, then that's your imagination or your inspiration or your temptation. Don't let that bother you. Casting them down. Don't entertain them. Do not give any place to them. Don't let them grow. Uh, don't give them a fertile soil. Okay? Uh, and cultivate a garden. All of these here, you can cultivate a garden, but it will be to your destruction. Casting down imagination and every, look at that. Now, don't leave any. Okay? It doesn't matter who it comes from. Your relatives, your enemies, out there. Uh, and every, I think, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Because that thing become an idol. Okay? And, br and bringing into captivity. No, here's what you have to do. You can't come to church all the time and, and the pastor has to carry you. You have to do something about it. Okay? He says, and every idle thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of the word of God, the ministry. He gave to the church fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. And when you begin to go against the, the ministry, see, uh, but you're supposed to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Okay? The mighty hand of God. Someone said, well, I will do that, but I won't humble myself unto a pastor, a man. Well, who's the mighty hand of God? The man of God. See, he's raised up of God to declare uh, the mysteries unto you and to uh, present your faultless before the throne of God. This is wonderful scripture, isn't it? Bringing, look at, what a word. Bringing into captivity. All right, I see the word captivity? Now, now um, those things that come to you, imagination, um, uh, and all these things that come to you, why do you think they come to you? They come to you to capture you. Are you listening now? Those imagination and those thoughts and those I think come to you to capture you, to take you in bondage, to make a prisoner out of you. But guess what? Instead, instead of them making a prisoner out of you, you make a prisoner out of them. See? Those thoughts, those imagination, those lines of thought that people feed into you. About the church and about the word of God. And all that. To turn you and build up. What, what do you do? You pull those down. Okay. And those uh, every eye thing. You bring it down. And you take it into captivity. That means it doesn't capture you. It has no place in you. Yeah, yeah. And so. And bring it into captivity. Okay. Every thought. How do you, how do you bring that into captivity? When the devil will have you sit down and begin to think about that thought. You put that under the blood, rebuke it and drive it out of you. And it's gone. It has no place inside of you. Okay. You capture that thought when it's not in you anymore. When that feeling is not in you. You got the victory over it. And they overcame it. But if that thought keep bothering you, bothering you, and you get and you fall in for it, why do you think people uh, they want you to leave the church? They keep calling you to put a thought in you, and 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 before you know it, you sit down, you start to ponder. You say, 
Well, maybe they have a point. You see, on your way out. Because you violate the scripture. You should have cast down. Imagine, and bring into captivity. In other words, you should have overcome that. Instead, it overcome you. If you ever know the word of God, nobody could bring in bondage. But it's because we don't know the word of God. And then people know that we don't know the word of God. And we're simple. They, they feel that, well, I can capture him. I can capture her. But when they realize after a while, when you're not falling for that, that you cannot capture me. Your words cannot take me a prisoner. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to what's coming from this Bible stand. This word. That's why, that's why church people backslide. Because they take their eyes off the pastor. And they listen to somebody else. And when you get closer to, to somebody else. When you get closer to somebody else. Beside the word of God. Beside the ministry you're in trouble. You should be closer to your pastor than you are to anyone. Amen. And so bringing into captivity. Every thought. To the obedience of Christ. To who? To what? Every thought that's going. Every thought that rebelling against Christ. You should capture it. Bring it into captivity. Amen. And, and that's an overcomer. Okay. And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb. And the words of their testimony. What's your thought? What are you thinking? Hmm? Are you thinking that that per Oh, they're right and the, the word is wrong? Or maybe I should listen to them? Or, or maybe I should follow them because they're my cousin? She see, Sister Joyce doesn't follow me because... Joyce doesn't follow me because I'm, I'm a relative. It's because I'm a man of God. I've got the word of God. Because cousin and relatives doesn't buy it. Brother doesn't buy it. No more than Esau and Cain. Was it um, Esau and Jacob? Or even Cain and Abel. It was, it was uh, Cain that killed his brother. And your brother can kill. Okay. Kill that spirit of God that's working in your life if you let it. Cain did that. Okay. Uh, Cain, uh, Abel's worst enemy was his brother. And your brother can be your worst enemy. No? Several examples we have. Then we have Esau and Jacob. And what if Esau of I, uh, Jacob of I love, but Esau of I hate it? Hmm? You want to love something that God hates? When you fight, the Esau was a fighter and opposer. He despised the birthright. He didn't love God. Esau didn't love the things of God. He rather a ball of stew. And a lot of people rather have to have a ball of stew. You give them a, a bowl of uh, stir fry. And they'll choose that over God. And they'll choose the destruction of the church. Okay. Over somebody else. Oh, They don't care if the church is destroyed. Because it's friendship. Oh, that's my friend. That doesn't cut it, my friend. There's no friendship that Jesus said, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Who's my sister? Who? Only those that do the will of God. Amen. Oh, without, the, without the word of God, you're not my brother. You're just flesh. You're not my brother. My brothers are the one that's been with Jesus. 
My, my brothers and my sisters are the, one, the ones that stand upon the word of God. That's your brother. That's your sister. Huh? Did, you, did you know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whatever, they were brothers? Maybe not in the flesh. But they stood against the golden image that the king set up. Okay? And they stood for the Lord. And look, 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 uh, look how far those people are mileage that we, we, we fellowship with, many of them. But you know, they are our brothers and our sisters. That's what we were talking about a while ago. Those are our brothers and our sisters. You know what? Because they love the same Christ. They love Jesus. So this is a wonderful lesson right here to show you what to love and what not to love. What to cast down. And what is good and what is not good for you. Listen, your salvation is important. You're, you're on the road to the kingdom. There's nothing more important than going to the kingdom. And don't let anybody hinder you or stop you from going. You have one soul to be saved. And don't throw it away. Don't let somebody with friendship with the world or friendship or closeness with relatives or, or, or friends or whatever hinder you. Put God first. Amen. God will not take second place. Put God first. God doesn't come behind your mama or your brothers. God is first. God is first. Yes. Casting down. I like this imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity you have work to do. Because you have to meditate. And when you meditate on the Lord you like be a tree planted by the rivers of water. Okay. Fruits. Bearing tree. You have to um, uh, cast the, these things down. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought. Notice what? How many thoughts you have? How many thoughts people put in your mind? Okay? Thoughts that's contrary to the word of God. Anything in your mind that goes against the word of God, you've got to cast them down. And bring them into captivity. Otherwise they keep you out of the kingdom. That's why people click. And that's why people come to you. And thoughts. I'm going to leave church. I'm not going to that church anymore. And they put that spirit in you. And before you know it. You start to think that way. And you're just like them. You're not in church. What did you gain? From a thought. Maybe you never thought that. But you just listened to the wrong person. It works. Or you can turn it around and cast those imaginations down. <coughs> Amen. But you're responsible. And bring into captivity. What did Jesus do with those that were in captivity? He led captivity captive. And so now you also have to capture some things out of your life. You've got to capture imagination. Every secret thing, notice, that exalted itself. Every eye thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought. 
How many? So you can't let one go. It will increase against you. Every thought to what? To the obedience of Christ. Well, I'm not listening to the... You're you're in trouble because you got to go to the Word to bring that thought down. Otherwise, that thought's going to destroy you. And you bring it in to where that thought has to obey the Word of God. To the obedience of Christ. So people deceive you and you think, well, it's the pastor. Oh, look, and let's gang up on the pastor and let's overturn the pastor and let's put a new pastor in and let's do this, eh? What does that get you? Those are those were rebellious thoughts. And those thoughts are not of God. Because the Bible said, touch not my anointing, neither do my prophets no harm. So what do you get? What do you get? What do you get? And guess what? You haven't even received your full reward of the kingdom yet. Because God's going to judge you. You cannot touch a church and get away with it. You, you, nobody can touch a pastor, a man of God, and get away with it. I don't care what your name is. I don't care how much you weigh. Amen. Amen. Because you don't understand it's not over yet. We're still in the race. And we still have to be judged. And that's why we want to judge ourselves now. When you cast in those imagination and thought, you're judging yourself. But that means they will never overcome you. You'll never have to be judged by them. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience. I like this. To the obedience of Christ. That, that, that very imagination, that very thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God now is obeying. You, mean, you see the change? That's an overcomer. Things that was once in your life rebellious, now it's obedient to Christ. You have no more problem because it's gone. You, you, you don't fight the church anymore. You love the church. Verse 6. And having in a readiness to revenge. You see what I mean? <coughs> You're ready. You know, you, you know when someone is a ready, uh, ready scribe, ready fighter, the ready man, ready in the sports field, ready to run, whatever it is. Uh, and having in a readiness to revenge all. How many? All disobedient. Are you listening? All disobedient. Everything that rised up, okay, trying to disrupt the church, trying to fight the church, overturn the church. You are ready to stand on the Lord's side. You're not, you're not, uh, you're not uh, going back and forth cross and You're not sure. But having in a readiness. Brother, I'm prepared to stand against you. I don't care if you're my cousin. If you fight the church, if you fight the word of God, you are going to find out that I'm not on your side. If you try to pull me away from God and from the word of God, you find out that you're not going to get me because I'm already make up my mind that I will be in, I will stay in church and I will go all the way with God. Having in a readiness, your mind's made up like uh, sister was saying this morning. She's ready. And she's not ready because you're ready. Or because you tell her. She made up in her mind that she will never turn against God. 
And you find a church like that, a little church like that, they're going to come ready to clap their hands and praise the Lord and shout. Having in a readiness. They harmed and they prepared. Experts, men of war, we'll get to those lessons. Dressed up. Okay, they're dressed up. They have on the armor of God. They're dressed up. You know, some people dressed up and have nowhere to go. But we are dressed up, ready to revenge. You touch my church. My God, you've got it. Yeah. Uh, don't tell me you're my cousin. You touch my church. Don't tell me uh, that you are my, my uncle. When you touch my church or my brother or my dad or my man. No, I've been in a readiness that it doesn't matter who it is. Anyone that comes against the house of God, you love me against you. I've been in a readiness. But you see, the thing is it, a lot of us are not ready. Oh well, it's Christmas time. And I've got to go jingle bells with them. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because when you jingle bells with them, they'll never repent. But having a readiness, I like this. Read the scriptures. No, I didn't write this. It was Paul. Got it from the Lord. To revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. How do you do that? You, you cannot... Stand if you're still rebellious. But you've got to be coming to church. You've got to be paying your tithe. You've got to be loving the church. You've got to let everybody know that you like, like we heard this morning. I'll never stand against the church. Okay? You've got to be ready and prepare. Then you're ready to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins gird with truth. There's a lot of people because they're not, they're not ready. Their mind's not made up. They haven't dealt with their spirit. And that's why they can be turned over. Huh? If you if you are turned over because of gossip, you're in trouble. Ah, uh, next verse says. Do we look on things after the outward appearance? Question. Is that the way you look at it and the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself, that he is Christ. Let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we. You know, you come, I'm Christ, I got this, I've got a ministry, I know this scripture, but you, you can't even buy a donut. You don't work. And you don't want to work. Oh, the Lord. Let me tell you something. Peter was not afraid to fish. The disciples weren't afraid to do something. Amen. 
I came to the city. I worked work at Foster Farms until my hands were frozen. I work at a storm door place until that's what helped to kick my my joints out to press those doors. I couldn't. You don't understand. But you did that to have a church. This church didn't come because, you know, look at it, how clean it is, how nice it is. I mean, not bragging, but God's good to it. Walk in here and I look around this morning and say, this place is clean. The grass is growing outside. The flowers are growing outside. What a good God. Sprinklers is on. You know, if you serve God, he'll be faithful to you and bless you. Look at the saints, all of you clean and nice. What a awesome God. And I'm not here giving you some talk, just trying to survive. We're not just trying to survive. We're doing pretty good. Let me begin to wind this down. Give me the next verse. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, that means a pastor got authority, which the Lord had given us for edification. He's got it for your edification. That's why he has to uh, give it to you. And it's not a competition. When he says that he gave gifts to men, you don't have and women. Because he didn't say that. He didn't say that in the scripture. Who gave you that authority? And women. Who do you think you are? And it's nothing wrong with the women because God used women. You understand? But do not put things in scripture that's not there. I mean, the early church, God used more, more women than, than even some of the men. And who was at the the grave early morning was a woman who washed his feet was a woman brought spice and they were early morning when the brothers were sleeping but it's just an order of God it's not despising anybody but you just quote the scripture right because there's some powerful women we we uh, we saw that we saw that where we were I saw that. Brother, brother, uh, brother Troy, no sister, no. Uh, that sister, she had, uh, brother No's wife had a, uh, some, was it surgery problem with her shoulder? But she wasn't home sleeping or she was right there. Those are great women. And those uh, sisters there, when we arrived there, oh, that was beautiful. And women. And if we ever have a fellowship meeting here. You'll see the few sisters that we have. How they will do it. I know that. They'll work. They'll give. Okay. So women are going to have great position in the kingdom of God. For though I should boast. Somewhat more of our authority. That's it. Which the Lord had given us for here. It's only for edification while well, I'm a pastor or a teacher or whatever I am. And not for your destruction. I'm only for your edification to build you up in Christ. Not for your destruction. That's why I'm here. 
I should not be ashamed. Okay, that when you stand before the Lord, like uh, when we go away or if we have a meeting, we've got sisters that can stand up and preach. And give the word of God. Okay? Edification. Not for destruction. That's all I am for your edification. That's what it says. And not for destruction. You know what edification means? Educate you. Make you better off, smarter in God. That's why I'm here. To make you smarter in God. So you can capture your imaginations. And your temptation. And your eye thoughts. Look what I'm, I've been doing this morning. You know, Have you ever heard the scripture explained like that? Where's my notes? When did I have time to study? Sister Rosie just quote that scripture. And I pick it up. It means that I have to study the Bible. And know more than you. Otherwise I couldn't stand up and give you the scripture. And as it spoke I know exactly what it means. Hmm? And for your edification. I am here to make you smarter. Yeah. So when you stand the kingdom, you will be able to talk to the saints in Corinth. And they say, who, who was your pastor? Somebody, uh, one I said, oh, Paul was my pastor. But who was yours? Oh, oh, he, he, he's from Jamaica. So you won't be ashamed. I won't be ashamed. When, when these people stood up and testified, we go somewhere. I'm not ashamed. I'm proud. Okay, Thursday night I was proud when you stood up. But if you didn't, you get up there and begin when you stand with dream that you have. No, it's late for that. When you get on your feet, it should be the word of God. Verse 9. That I... May not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. Next verse. For his letter, here's what they were saying. Paul had a hard time sometimes. For his letters say they are weighty. But Paul wasn't trying to terrify them. All these epistles are not to terrify you. It's to bless you. They say his letters are, are weighty and powerful. But his bodily presence is weak. And his speech contemptible. That means when he's already can write a, a strong letter and heavy letter. But when he, he was here standing before us, he's a little weak little old guy. Can hardly see. Hmm? Can hardly see. He's weak. His bodily presence is weak. He can't even get up and walk to the back and greet us. Because he's weak. So we need to put a pastor who is strong. Oh yeah, you know. His letters are heavy. But his, his bodily presence. He goes away and he's. Right, but when he's home. He don't even get up. We want him to get up and walk to us. Come to us in the back. <laughs> oh verse uh, 11. But let such a one take this. Are you anybody here? This is awesome. What a what a point of argument. But let such a one thing this. Is that what's going to your mind? 
Let such a one, let this church think this. Let such a one think this. That such as we are in words by letter. When we are absent. Such will we be also indeed when we are present. It doesn't matter if I'm absent or present. It's the same. A man of God that has the word of God is not weak. He's not weak. Because he's strong in the Lord. And, and like Joshua. Everywhere he put his foot on. God's given it. Let me start to close this thing here. For we dare not make ourselves of the number, the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. We're not in competition, that's what I was saying. But they're measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves here, yourself. You're not wise. Okay, me, my, high, I have this, I'm the smartest, I'm the best. But you, you're on the way down. Because God has given to every man a measure of faith. And uh, you abide in the calling that God gives you. That's what I'm trying to tell this church. You're not competing with anybody. Okay? You're not competing with anybody. We're not competing with anyone. If we ever have a meeting out here, it's just simple meeting. We're not competing with anybody. We need your finances. We need your blessing. We need you to begin to turn an offering in and say, Hey, I've got this extra money. My income tax is coming up. That's a good time. Here. Put it away for the. Let's have a fellowship meeting. It might be just a couple of days. And we meet around here and men. Uh, pastors here. And get up right here. And we sit and we study the Bible. And you would have received something else. But you would have had some money in it. But you can't expect to produce. When you don't put nothing in. Pastor let's have a meeting. Alright. And I'm waiting. Because, because it's not the shepherd that gives the wool. Who gives the wool? The sheep. You don't share. And that's what a lot of people try to do. Share the pastor. Why don't you produce this? Why don't you do that? It's your duty to get out there and invite people to come to church. Pastor is to preach to them. So you don't open your mouth. You're not giving any wool. Okay. 13, verse 13, let's read that. But we will not boast of things without our measure. He said, why should I, you know, I didn't, I didn't exalt myself. But according to the measure of the rules which God had distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. You know what? You know why I'm here? It's because God measured me all the way from my country to reach here. What a long measure. You know how many thousands of miles that is? And here I am. But you say, well, why don't you go over to um, Modesto? Because he maybe has not measured that to me yet. Why don't you go to LA? Maybe he has not measured that to me yet. And maybe he has measured me to Philippines. But he didn't measure me to LA. You get what I'm saying? Where God give you a measure. Don't try to... Stretch yourself beyond measure or take what God what God didn't give you. Be satisfied. 
If God make you a, a, a captain of 10 or captain of uh, 50 or captain of 1,000, this promotion will come. But you feed those 10 people uh, 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 or those dozen people or those 20, whatever God gives you, as if it was a 1,000. Okay. I think I'm going to stop right there. Is it okay with you all? How many more verses? Okay, let's read that quick. Not boasting of things without a measure of other men's labor. Like you go into a church, you never build it and you want it. That's, that's crazy. You never, yeah, you, that's stealing actually. Right? You can imagine, you never suffered pasta forms. You never had to cut one hamburger. When from nothing, you come in, uh, in a, and you want the church. You want the people. My goodness. Huh? When you can't even buy a diaper for your baby. Let's read this. But we will not boast. Am I new verse? We'll not boast of things without a measure. But according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us. A measure to reach even unto you. That's why we're talking to you this morning. Because God measure you. Verse 15. 14. Not boasting, for we stretch not ourselves there, you know, beyond our measure, as though we reach uh, not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Here I am. Me, I measure you. That's why you're here. God measure you, Marina, me to you. That's why you're right there sitting. But that person, maybe I was not measured to them. Or somebody want to come in and steal the measure that God did me. It's amazing. When we don't know the scripture. And we want to, we want to act like we know the scripture. We want, to, we want to ordain bishops and put... I mean, that's a, you know... I mean, you know, terrorists do that. Overturn. Verse 15. Now boasting of things without our measure. That means... You're big and you're high and what you're going to do. I'm going to build a church and you haven't even got. You haven't even got a little two shit over your head. That is of other men's labor. See, somebody labor and you want it. Are, are you getting the lesson? Am I in the Bible? You didn't build it, but you want it. Pastor go away to enjoy a meeting. When he comes back, he finds a riot. Are you are looking at me like that? This is the truth. It's a fact. A pastor speaks the truth. Who's labor? Who built it? Who had the measure? And somebody put the pie. No, I'm the one that should get the measure. Not boasting of things without our measure. You see, that's why this church stands, because I put lessons like me. It's in the Bible and you have to find it. Am I right? Am I in the scripture? Hmm? Am I in the scripture? Is, is this my measure? Would somebody else come and say, we want that measure. Would they be right or wrong? And you're my cousin, so you need to come to me. We're relative, family. 
So Jesus came to save only families. No, God has a new family. Not boasting of things without our measure. You know what I mean? God never gave it to me and I talk about that's mine. And I want it. That's covetousness. That is of other men's labor. Who work? Who build it? Huh? Who build it? And you come into church and you want to take over. My God. What a, what a strange world. You don't even know the scripture. Did you know these scriptures? If you did, you wouldn't. That is of other men's measure or labor. But having hope, when your faith is increased, see that? That's powerful, increasing faith. That we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. It's powerful. Let's blow my mind. It's so good. That we should be enlarged by you. Okay? According to our rule abundantly. But when is this? But having hope. When your faith is increased. And that's what's going on right now. Your faith is growing. It's increasing. That we should be enlarged. By you. Look at that. By who? By you according to the rule. Our rule abundantly. That means we should be. That means I, uh, a ministry is enlarged. When their faith increased. When I, I went and these folks and they stood up. See? I was enlarged. The assembly. Oh. And here came a brother inquiring. Because he see the result. See? The fruit of my labor. I'm enlarged. And I see the ones that don't submit, don't listen. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Like I come and receive the offering. Yes. But he that glory it, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but to whom the Lord commanded. Uh, commended. That means you sit down, you're humble. You're like, like you go to meetings, you don't exalt yourself. You think you're the best. You humble yourself. And God will promote you. Amen. Lock to come up here and just receive the offering. And we'll pick it up tonight. We'll pick it up tonight. Because we're going to go into... Your homework in First Chronicles chapter 12. That's where we're heading, okay? <sighs> but we give you, see, we start so you understand. Isn't that powerful? What a day, what a lesson. Praise God. Uh, 
That was very, very powerful. Started from the beginning with with Brother Andre and then Sister Letty and Sister Rosie and Pastor. Uh, such an amazing, such an amazing day. What to start off the the first Sunday of of the last month of the year. Um, 